Hey guys, welcome to Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. My name is Luis. And I'm Scott. Welcome to today's podcast. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It Simple. This is Luis. Hey, and I'm Scott. And we are glad that you guys are joining us here today. Before we move on to this episode, I want to point to our last episode. We had an interview with a friend of ours, Micah Dodson. Uh, if you haven't listened to that yet, I recommend go back, listen to it. He is uh, just an awesome friend of ours who I think will help begin to formulate what we hope to do at the Simple Church Collective. He's another resource for us. and It's just a great episode and interview for you guys to hear from someone else uh, about what we're hoping to do and just the vision you know, behind the Simple Church Collective. So go listen to that. Uh, but for today, we are going to jump into the topic of generosity. It is one of our core values and practices, which is what we were talking about before we had our interview. And so today we're jumping back into some of our core values and practices. So Luis, could you tell us, what do we mean by generosity? What does this mean? What does this look like? Yeah. Basically, when I think of generosity, I think about like going above and beyond, right? And when I look at the scriptures, um, I see examples of uh, God doing just that. You know, God says uh, that, you know, he causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. At the end of the day, this is the truth, right? Everything that we have belongs to God, our time, our talents, our yep. abilities, our resources. And because they belong to him, uh, we have a responsibility, and I'm going to use the word steward, to steward um, uh, those things um, that God has given us and to be responsible with those things for his glory and for the growing of his kingdom. When I think of the growing community here at the Simple Church Collective and the type of disciples that we want to make and the type of disciple makers that we want to make is we, we, we want to be a people of blessing, yeah. right? Um, everyone's been blessed at one point and everyone gets multiple opportunities day in and day out to be a blessing, right? And so we want to be the type of people that are a blessing to those around us, that are a blessing to our family, that are a blessing to our neighbors, that are a blessing to our community, that are a blessing you know, to our nation and uh, to the rest of the world. Um, Jeremiah 29, 7 uh, talks about seeking the prosperity of our city. And that's a verse that has stood out to me for many, many years, right? Uh, in the ESV version, it says, seek the welfare of your city where I've sent you uh, and pray to the Lord on its behalf for if it, it for its welfare, uh, for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. So if it prospers, you will also prosper. And that's kind of like a little, you know, incentive that the Lord puts before the people, right? I got uh, uh, different versions mixed up in my head even as I was reading that. Uh, but but if, if, if we seek the blessing and live generously uh, on behalf of our city, on behalf of our family, on behalf of our communities, our communities will, you know, be that much better. At the end of the day, when we talk about generosity, this is what we're talking about. Generosity is not, uh, uh, does not begin with our checkbooks. It begins with our hearts. Mm -hmm. and, and what Jesus is calling us to do is to love well, right? To love our families well, to love our neighbors well, to love our communities well. And whenever Jesus talks about, you know, uh, 
resources, whenever Jesus talks about, you know, the way that we spend our time, the way that we respond um, to others, uh, he talks about it in a way that it always goes back to the heart. So, so hold on, let me pause you right yeah. there. You're saying for generosity, it's not, yes, our checkbooks and, and our, like our schedules and those things will show us the fruit of our heart, really. But it's it's about what our heart says and is doing, yeah. not necessarily the actions um, that people may see or perceive, because yeah. uh, Jesus knows yeah. the heart behind it, the motivation um, of why we, we're doing something, why we give to a certain organization or why we give uh, time on, on Tuesday evening or whatever it may be. Yeah. It all comes from our heart, yeah. not just obligation or you know some way to try to earn favor or, or anything like that right yeah. generosity is a heart issue right it's it's heart it's issue. not a money issue right generosity mm-hmm. is a heart issue not a uh, do i have enough time in my day issue because you know we all have the same we amount all have of time. 24 hours a day yeah and so at the end of the day how we live right all goes back to how we love I'm going to say that again, right? How we live is rooted in how we love, right? And so um, when Jesus spoke about money, he went after the core thing, the heart. He said, you know, sometimes people say uh, money is the root of all evil. Money is not the root of all evil. That's not what the text says. The text says the love of money, Mm. right, is the root of all evil. So where your heart is, as it concerns to money is the root of all evil. And we know that when people uh, love money, that's when they take advantage of others. That's when they take advantage of the poor. That's yeah. when they treat people. That's when they create systems that are oppressive so that, you know, they're top... a place of greed and, exactly. and like selfishness. Exactly. And so, so many atrocities in the world go back to that evil, right? Which is the love of money. And so what Jesus wants us to do as as it's throughout the scriptures he shares like i want your heart because your heart if if surrendered to me will keep you from those atrocities will keep you from taking advantage of your neighbors will keep you from perpetuating systems of oppression right we want to be the type of people that disrupt those types of systems through grace and through Generosity, And that's what we're inviting people into when we say, hey, you want to be a part of the Simple Church Collective? You want to be a part of this disciple-making movement? Like, if you're down with us, this is one of the things that we believe in, to live generously, to go above and beyond. So if your heart, like the heart matters, the, the motivation of your heart um, will, will trigger generosity, basically. What does that look like or what can that look like for us? Yeah. So I read a story a while back, a former partner of ours when we were in Philly, uh, buddy Shane Claiborne wrote a book called Irresistible Revolution. And in that book, he um, he tells a story about how he was uh, working with Mother Teresa and um, 
the story about how he even got to work with Mother Teresa small, is small is, flex. It's right a, there. Yeah, yeah. Like it was, it's crazy. So, um, and but he's a crazy guy. If you don't know Shane, um, uh, follow Shane. Read read his stuff. It will stretch you, uh, and some of his stuff will have you like scratching your head. But it will motivate you to live more like Jesus. And and he says he was out there working with Mother Teresa, and there were these kind of like. Neighborhood kids just hanging around these like poor kids from like a low caste in India that were hanging around their ministry site. And, um, you know, it was hot, you know, and day in and day out, he would see them. And one day he just felt like, hey, I'm going to, you know, buy uh, one of these kids some ice cream. And he went, he bought the kid, you know, one of those kids uh, some ice cream and the kid just left. He just like disappeared. Shane kind of goes after the kid and finally he finds a kid and he's got like all these kids lined up giving them each one lick of the ice cream and to Shane and he's like in college kind of and he's trying to figure out like why did he do that why didn't he just eat his ice cream by himself. I would have. Right? Know. Yeah. I know you would have. Right? I, 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 we don't need to go there. All <laughs> right? right? Calm down. Calm and so, down. And so he gives a lick of ice cream to each one of the kids. And then Shane finally pulls him to the side. Right? And he goes, um, dude, why'd you do that? Why, why? And he says, I couldn't have enjoyed this if I had just eaten this all by myself. Right, I wouldn't have been able to enjoy this uh, if I had eaten this all by myself. And so that reveals the heart of this young boy. I mean, it wasn't money, yeah. right? But it was this thing. And so, like, and it was about community, and it was about uh, uh, putting yourself not first, but like being able to enjoy the it's, gift. Yes, yeah, is about everybody, not just himself. Exactly, and that's what generosity is all about, right? Generosity is like it's not about me, 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 hoarding, 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 and growing my pile. When you bless others, somehow, some way, you know, you end up being blessed, right? And that's what, you know, uh, Jeremiah 29, 7 is saying, when you seek the prosperity of your city, if it prospers, you're also going to prosper. And that's kind of like an entice. But but don't do it for that reason, because that's not the reason that you should do it. But yeah. the reality is this, like, the more you give, right, The at the end of the day, like, the... There's something inside of us that produces joy when that happens. Yeah. You know, what's cool about that text as well is if you're unfamiliar with it, uh, I mean, this is Jeremiah writing in the midst of some bad times for the Israelites. For sure. And, you know, they're either they're probably in exile at that point in that chapter. And he's writing to them as they're in Babylon in this foreign place. Mm-hmm. Um this just really evil territory, really, um, that God still uses. So in the midst of being surrounded by, you know, what be considered your enemy, the evil people, you know, you're still working for their benefit, for the benefit of all people. And that just goes to show, like, how generosity is for more than just yourself or your tribe or mm-hmm. our tribe, but it's for all people. We're trying to be generous to all people, to, to win people. Um, yeah to Jesus, you know, that, that all people would come to know Jesus, you know, as Lord and Savior. That, I mean, that is, you know, that's kind of a goal of, because you're generous, because there has been prosperity yeah. and, and people know of you and your witness is strong, right. you know, others can come of that. So like generosity is a, a foundational piece to what can happen in the life of someone later. But if you're, if you're selfish and you're not generous, 
Like people are gonna take note of that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not coming to you for help. Right. I'm not gonna expect that you're gonna you care uh, that we lost our job, our house being evicted, yeah. whatever, because you're not a generous person. Right. But if we are generous, people are gonna know that about us. I mean, when we talk about generosity, Generosity was a hallmark of the early church. We talk about Acts chapter 2, right? When they sold yeah. their possessions, they broke bread with each other. They were always in each other's homes. They were bringing things to the apostles' feet at the time to grow the kingdom, to grow the church, so that nobody, the widows and the orphans, would be would be lacking. And so I think that connects, you know, like what we're trying to do is, you know, if you listen to the last podcast, we talk about going back and, and some people want to go back to pre COVID days. Right. And, and church, like we want to go way back. We want to go back to the beginning, to the early church, to the post Pentecost church, uh, and, and, and to live like they did. And one of their hallmarks really was generosity. Yeah, man. I love it. We need to go back to, to the example, um, in scripture found in acts and be generous as they were generous. Um, what is like a few practical ways that we can live generous? You know, Jesus was a, um, a master at providing practical, like application, uh, uh, stuff. And sometimes we miss some of that stuff, um, because it's not necessarily application to us, but it was definitely, you know, his message was application driven, obedience driven in his day, right? And we want to be the type of people that make obedience, obedient disciples, right? Obedience based disciple making is what we're after here. And there's a text and it doesn't always, um, um, uh, you know, if you've heard it preach or if you've heard it read, it's not always been like a text that talks about generosity, but it reveals the type of disciple that Jesus uh, is calling us to be and is calling us to make. And it's out of Matthew chapter five, uh, where Jesus talks about uh, what our response should be um, living in a world that is, um, you know, not necessarily always so friendly. And he goes, uh, beginning at verse 38, he says, You've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. Right? But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Such a hard, such a, like, hiring of the bar, right? Like, Dude, like, let's scrap, right? But Jesus (laughs) says, no, we're not about to scrap. The type of people that we are going to be, we're going to be generously forgiving. We're going to be generously grace-giving. He's like, you know, uh, uh, when that that song came out, I think Toby Boyata Houston, right? He goes, try Jesus, Jesus, not me, right? Because I throw hands. (laughs) And, And he's like, I have a problem with this text. I love the the genuineness of that because the reality is right like uh, apart from the spirit we cannot do this we cannot live a generous lifestyle right in the flesh we're throwing hands right in the flesh we're throwing hands but if anyone slaps you on the right cheek turn him to him the other also and if anyone would sue you to take your tunic or to to take your coat let him have your cloak as well and so he's like dude Live in such a way where you're not offended when people come after you and and you're extravagantly blessing others. This is Jesus, right? He goes, so if you have one jacket, right, um, and someone asks you for that jacket, if you have a second jacket, give him that one too, right? Mm-hmm. 
radical, radical generosity. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. And Jesus is alluding to the the practice of uh, the Roman law and 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 the Roman practice of by some Roman soldiers where they could legally ask a, a Roman subject, in this case a Hebrew person, a Jewish person, right, to go with them for one mile carrying their backpack, right, which could sometimes uh, be up to 100 uh, pounds or so. And, and they legally had to do that for that Roman soldier for one mile. And what Jesus is saying, if a Roman soldier were to ask you, if your oppressor, this is crazy, bewildering occupier, right, were to ask you to go with him for one mile, Go with him too. Mm. Crazy. Radical generosity, right? Radical discipleship. Give to the one who begs from you. Do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. And then Jesus continues, You've heard it said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies. There's no one that Jesus is telling you to ever hate. Not even your enemies. Love your enemies, right? And pray for those who persecute you. Radical grace, radical generosity, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and the good and sends the rain on the just and unjust. The way that Jesus calls us to live, right, is a radical, uh, the ways of radical generosity that point to him and, and that when people look to us and what we do, they say, why do you do this? And it brings God's God glory, right? So, so what does it look like for us to live generously in the 21st century, right? For me, you know, one of the very first things would be to create margin in our schedules, you know, for for godly uh, interruptions. So many times we just schedule ourselves to death. You know, we see this with our children, and you know. Pre-COVID days, going from piano to basketball, from basketball to the next thing, you know, like our schedules are packed, right? Uh, but creating margin in our schedules for godly interruptions, which are different than disruptions, right? Disruptions take you off track. Interruptions, right, reveal or give you an opportunity to share the heart of God with some people. And that's and, and, and yeah. that's one just uh, one way. I got something to add to that. Um just the idea of like a managing our schedules is a very practical thing, especially pre-COVID. We would is essentially like the busier you are, the better, more successful you mm-hmm. are. Oh, look at me! I have no free time. You know, like it, it's kind of silly. Um, and I love John Mark Comer's "The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry" that kind of debunks this whole idea of hurrying. Actually, the pace of following Jesus is a very slow pace. It's very right. methodical. Um, which includes lots of rest and Sabbaths and, and contemplative, contemplative prayer and mm. all these awesome things. But, uh, you know, recently I was in Kansas City and was meeting with this guy and uh, a friend of ours, Rob, and he, he told us that you know, Jesus, God, wants all of our life. Mm-hmm. You know, we were asking him, like, like how much do you commit to uh, what they, they call micro churches, what we would call simple churches, and like, what's the kind of commitment to that? What does that look like? And it's very simply, well, Jesus has asked for all of your life. That's that's the commitment. Your whole life is given to Jesus. And so some seasons, might you might invest more 
some seasons you might invest a little less. Like, um, it, you know, there's some flexibility in that. But Jesus has your whole life. And if he has your whole life, then right. he has your whole schedule. Come on. And your schedule then should reflect that Jesus has your whole life. So, you, you know, don't be afraid to, to, to have a, a house party. You know, we talked about hospitality a few episodes back. Yeah. Don't be afraid to host people. Now, COVID maybe should be. Right, but, right, right. You Follow know, local guidelines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But don't be afraid to, to be hospitable, to, to open up your home to people. You know, it may not be quote unquote church hours or whatever, but that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to be on mission at all times. Right. And so if we're on mission, if our schedule dictates that we're on mission, like we should have the margin to create time with people. You know, our, our walk and our dog might take 20 minutes. Well, it actually might take 40 now because we've stopped to talk to our neighbors. Yeah. You know, going out to check your mail and get your mail or your new Amazon package or yeah. whatever because Amazon runs the world, you know. You're gonna get. You're gonna have more conversations with people. You're gonna be a little more intentional, yeah. uh, trying to be with people, and that's a way you can be generous with your time. Yeah. But I'll be honest. I'm a student, and it's hard, dude. Yeah. It is hard. Yeah. So have grace. I wanna. I wanna promote like grace for us for right sure. now, especially if we're trying to make a shift from maximum time usage to living with margin. Yeah. Like we have to know our limits, and then live with margin uh, and one way for me is I try to go to the gym yeah. and, cr- and have an extra 15 minutes yeah. in my in my time my schedule where I can have conversation with people yeah. you know I, I can uh, maybe I even work out slightly less to have that time with people um, but it, it can be incredibly hard but our schedule will reflect how much we're on mission how much yeah. how generous we are how our heart is generous our schedule is going to reflect that yeah you know, one of the one of the things that that really stuck out to me was that meeting with Rob after, like, and he was practicing what he practicing what he was preaching, right? Like after a full, mostly an entire week of having people fly in from all over the country to talk about how the KC Underground, the organization that he is leading, um, you know, is you know starting this disciple making movement through micro churches which what we would call simple churches he took out an hour and a half of his time we went you know to a bar and just kicked it you know st patty's day we and and we just he just poured into us poured into our movement and we got to learn about him and we got to learn about the underground we got to learn about the steps that they took early on um uh you know to get to where they are today and and he made margin even though it was a crazy week right um for us and so that's literally one of the best ways the other uh, another one of the ways that that uh we can be generous is 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 goes along with that idea like if jesus has our everything right then he also should have our resources right and our 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 you know our checkbook as well right for the advancement of his kingdom and for the advancement of his glory right I grew up in the church, walked away from the Lord, but one of the things that I grew up with is like this guilt-driven, like you must give your, you know, your tie to the church or else, right? And that's never really sat well with me, right? Um, this idea of like, you know, or or the devourer is going to come in there. I mean, I personally believe that Jesus took the curse on the cross, right? Every curse on the cross. Right. And that um, 
he has set us free, right, from the law, right? And that he is inviting us now in the New Testament. The New Testament invites us to live generously. One of my favorite uh, uh, texts when thinking about this kind of thing and when teaching about this kind of thing and inviting people to be generous is uh, Paul's letter to uh, the church in Corinth. Second uh, Corinthians 7, 9 says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, because God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver, right? Should you only give when you're happy? I don't think so, but I, I do think that the practice of giving should be a joyful one, right? The practice of hanging out with your neighbors for a time that you didn't schedule should be a joyful one. The practice yeah. of serving your local community should be a, a joyful one. So decide in your heart what that's going to be, right? Talk it over with your spouse if you have a spouse, right? Figure out what that looks like, right? And don't do it reluctantly, right? Do it, do it joyfully, and, and not because someone's twisting your arm saying, hey, the devourer is going to come and take your bread. You know, like that it's, is not the you invitation. Don't, you don't have to be happy to give, but giving should make you happy. Yeah. It's that it's that reverse uh, mindset and thinking yeah. about it. it. It should create joy in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit to give um, yeah. and to give abundantly. And sometimes you might give more cheerfully than others, right? Um, you know, and, and, and it comes back to the idea of like maturity at the end of the day, right? Like, hey, you know that this is a thing that grows the kingdom. You know that this is a thing that um, that that Jesus uh, calls us to, to live generously with everything that we have, our time, our talents, our resources. Um, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, right, Jesus is saying to us, like, if you live open-handedly, right, to the glory of God, yeah, you're also going to be blessed, right? And again, that's not the primary incentive, but it, but the text does say, like, you know, like Jesus will show up on our behalf, and so I'm so glad that we have started this conversation, you know, and we're not always going to do this perfectly, right? Yeah, the we, average we don't talk about this as experts, you know. Right. This is something that. We're continually trying to practice yeah. more and more in our own life. And I hope that that is something you guys begin to see in us. But also that you know that, you know, we don't come to you as... Uh, Having figured it all out. Yeah, we don't we don't come to you from that. We come as, hey, this is what we're figuring out. Yeah. And, and we want you guys to join us on that, on that journey. And this is an aspirational value, right? This is what we hope to be, right? Here's the reality. The average... Um, churchgoer, right, gives less than 3% of their income to the church, right? Despite all the talk of tithing and 10% and all that, the average churchgoer gives less than 3% of their income, right? If you're giving nothing, this is, you know, let's talk about in terms of first downs, right? Like, just move the ball. Like, if you're giving nothing, you know, maybe after listening to this or after praying and talking to your spouse, like, start giving something, Right? Uh, if you're giving 3%, maybe consider by the end of the year moving to 5%. If you're giving 5%, you know, um, someone once said to me that tithing is just the training wheels of giving, 
right? Because Jesus wants us to be radically generous. And he spent a bunch of time, he wrote a book called uh, When Money Goes on Mission, uh, just research, researching, you know, money in the Bible. And, and ultimately, at the end of the day, what Jesus wants is our hearts, right? And if he has all of our hearts, then he has all of everything else. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. Stay tuned as we release episodes each Wednesday. We'd appreciate it if you would like, review, share, and subscribe our podcast. Thank you for listening.